Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lubcast. Uh, it's just me and Jordan right now. Um, we're going to be talking NBA. We're going to be doing three questions uh, that we have for the NBA coming up. And then um, we're going to get into the Celtics live reactions to the post game. So uh, it's going to be me, Jordan, Butsy, and Fygon talk a little Celtics. And then at the end, um, we're going to have Butsy and Fyg stay on. And we're going to be talking a little betting for Wednesday's card. Um, yeah. So, Jordan. Uh, how are you feeling? You ready? I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm ready to get into some NBA stuff. So, Alrighty. Uh, uh, my first question, is James Harden going to show up and get his head out of his ass? Because, I mean, the, he, he had 16 points, five assists, five turnovers their last game. They ended up getting dominated in the second half after being up at halftime. Uh, Harden shot five of 13 from the floor and one of four in the second half. And honestly, to me, the main problem is he's he only took 13 shots. He's like he can't get open looks right now. Uh, he doesn't he just doesn't look like the same player. Uh, but they're going to really need him to step up and be a superstar if they want to have any chance against the Heat. And especially without Joel Embiid, I expected Harden to to get back to his, you know, ISO days and, you know, go for 25 plus like we know he used to be able to. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see if he's going to show up. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think you said it like perfectly. Um, Joel Embiid's out, and <clears throat> the spotlight's on him. He's got to be uh, a player that you know is going to control the offense, and he's going to be a high usage player, which he was in Houston. Um, so realistically, he should be thriving right now. Like this is what he was uh, sold as, like to the NBA public. As, like this is what he's supposed to be good at, and he's just not doing it right now. And what I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but. Um, it's just surprising, like how much um, like a lack of athleticism is is uh, messing with I his know. game because like he never really relied on it that much. It's, he he was never a fast player. He was always like more skilled and um, he was a faster dribbler, but he wasn't like a faster mover. I mean, it's not like he wasn't like he wasn't like super slow. I mean, he was, but he wasn't like you know crazy crazy slow in the scheme of things. But still, like he wasn't this crazy athletic god like. Like, um, I don't understand what's going on. I think he might be injured, but even then it's like, he's gotta, he's gotta do what Chris Paul did where like Chris Paul's not the same athlete he was when he was younger, but he adapted to the game and he does a lot of things that make him a necessity on the floor, despite like how limited he is athletically and James Harden's got to adapt and he just hasn't. So yeah, I don't know. he might choke again. He has a history of doing it. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> He does have a history in the playoffs, but also he has a history of losing in the playoffs when he scores a bunch of points. He's not even scoring right now. Uh, and honestly, I think part of it is his game. He doesn't have any mid-range game. Like when, when you get older and slow down a little bit, you see them start to post up, get to the mid-range pull-up. Um, you know, they they adapt their game, like you said, and Harden hasn't been able to do that. He just looks like he can't get by guys and he can't get any separation. So I, I don't think I don't think he's going to be able to – to be the same player that he was. I think he's um I think he's he's going downhill. I think this is the James Harden we have now. So So do you think I think he's he's eligible for a contract like yeah something. So what do you think what do you think the market looks like for James Harden? I was just uh hearing about this. So I think he's gonna I think Philly's gonna pay him really? because they I mean they they traded a lot of their team for him. It's Daryl's guy. So yeah, that makes sense. And it's Daryl Morey's guys. 
So I think they probably will fire Doc and get a new coach and blame Doc in his system. Yeah. Uh, and just hope Harden gets better because, I mean, what what else are they going to do? Not not pay him, let him go, and then they just have him beat. Well, so I think like I think you're onto something because I think like maybe they're not going to use him as in an isolation role, obviously, because he can't do it anymore. So. That doesn't mean he can't be like a good compliment complimentary second star to Joel Embiid. So yeah, it depends on how much you value that player, though. Like what, like how much money is that guy worth? You know, in the grand scheme of things. But I think because um, we saw it work before for at least a couple of games when they first got together, we thought they were gonna. Be, yeah. Some people had them win in the finals after that, and mm-hmm. um, that was when he was playing like in the ideal role. So like. On a positive side of things, there is a, a scenario where they get a coach in there that like is handpicked by Harden, Morey, and because um, like Doc is not Daryl's coach. Doc was hired with another by another GM. Yeah. So yeah, there is like there for a, on a positive side for Philly fans. Like if say they lose this, like there is a, a scenario where Doc gets fired. They handpick their new coach. Um, James Harden's in this role that he compliments Joel Embiid perfectly. Joel Embiid takes it to another level. He gets um. Harden has a hand in and takes up takes away some of like the usage of Joel Embiid, allowing him to rest a little bit more, so he becomes less injured, and they become like this juggernaut team. They maybe they shuffle yeah. the deck a little bit and get some like get like an actual bench because that's really what's hindering them is the, the lack of a bench. Um, and so like it is not necessarily a negative thing. I just think it's gonna be interesting to see what Philly does. Yeah. Well, uh, what's your uh, what's one of your questions? So. Um, what happens to the Mavs after they lose to the Suns? I know last episode I mentioned um, like what if it would what like how crazy would it be if I called in a question if it would be like a crazy idea if the Mavericks were to lose or to beat the Suns um, and you guys kind of all hopped on me for that one, which I yeah, I, I guess like in hindsight, I guess I was overvaluing not Luca because he had 45 points last night. Yeah, maybe I was overvaluing um the ability of spencer dinwiddie to step up and uh jalen brunson to step up two guys that connor and i called x factors which you know this is that's why like they they had the ability to be good but they just weren't last night and um yeah like luca's awesome but they're clearly i don't think they're going to beat the suns team like the suns team's not even 100 percent yet but that was a great game for them last night what do you think about that we think they yeah i think the mavs just have a long way to go uh in terms of their roster construction they need i mean everyone thought porzingis was going to be the answer and he he just didn't end up playing well at all he just wasn't good there and he doesn't seem like he's a that that player that he once was in new york but i I don't know the mavs they're just gonna have to be patient and try to get guys through draft free agency maybe trades but i don't think they're not gonna be able to land you know some big superstar and just become a contender in the next year or two, I think they just have to build around Luca and, you know, try to try to get guys in the draft and try to land some free agents. Definitely uh, need to focus on defense because they do not have a lot of that right now. Hey, guys, right here. I'm about to say Norm Powell. I meant to say Dwight Powell. Sorry about that. Thank you. Yeah, I, th- I think they need to upgrade a big man, um, someone mm-hmm. that's just a better like I like Norm Powell, but I would rather him be um, like not a primary defender, maybe like a secondary defender, a power forward or something like that, or someone coming off the bench. Um, but I don't know if I want him in my primary 
defender role yeah. as my like primary big man. That kind of scares me a little bit. He is a good defender. I just I think there's better guys out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I um I think like you're you're kind of your time's ticking because you know Luca Luca is very good and um you're only on his contract for so long. He's you gotta you gotta start to show him that um it's worth staying and yeah because he could get paid a lot of money. Um, he's definitely worth the max. So he's going to go get paid. Uh, just depends on who's going to be willing to pay him. And, uh, he can, he can definitely just pick whatever situation he wants to. Um, so the Mavericks do need to do something. I just, I, I think like they're also lacking a little bit of a mentality as well. I've mentioned that in past podcasts that like, you want to have a team with an identity and then I, like, what would you say is the Mavericks identity right now? I don't feel like, they're yeah, really it's just one. Luca, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, like, the, like with Dirk, there used to be an identity to that Mavs team. Like, you kind of knew that they were, they all, they revolved around Dirk, but you could tell like they were chippy and hard nosed yeah. defenders. So we, I think, I think they need to get some players in there with an identity and start to form an identity. Yeah, I agree. Even if you, even if I mean, they're not going to be contenders, but if they get, you know, start to get some gritty players, some good defenders, that'll show Luca that they can yeah. win eventually if if they can just land that extra star uh in the future but yeah they need to get they need to get a little tougher i agree change a little culture change maybe but um yeah they're they, a long ways away they do have some tough players like jalen brunson's a very very tough player uh dinwiddie's a very tough player so they have like that yeah. they're starting they're starting with a good um foundation they just need to build on it a little bit they got half the house yeah. built they just need to build the rest of it um what yeah, was your what was your other question uh, mine is, can Memphis make this Golden State series competitive? So Memphis is the two seed. Uh, they just played at home and lost to the Warriors in a game where Ja played absolutely out of his mind. He had 34 points, nine boards, 10 assists. Uh, then they had another guy, Jaron Jackson, go for 33 points on 55% shooting. We're probably not going to see that again this series. Uh, then the, they also had Draymond get ejected in the second quarter. Uh, Clay didn't play well. He missed two late foul shots and Memphis still lost. So I'm pretty concerned about Memphis right now. A lot of people had them, uh, making it out of the West, uh, just because of how complete their team is, um, defensively. And then with jaw on offense and Desmond, uh, Bain, but, uh, the Warriors are my title favorite right now. I think Memphis might lose this in five. What do you think? Um, well, I think the problem is that Memphis is young. And the Warriors are just so like they've been here so long and they have so much more experience than uh, the the Grizzlies do. And they're just able to win games like they just know how playoff games work. And especially after that Minnesota series, I lost a ton of faith in Memphis. Um, yeah, like they just they um, I don't know. They just reverted back. I thought like they they had made some really dumb plays like at the end of games and they they. Almost, I feel like they should have lost that series, to be honest with you. Uh, they definitely could have, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know. That did not put a lot of faith in me because Minnesota is not – it's not like they were a great team. Like, they have talent, but the Warriors are a whole new tier of team. They're they're an elite team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Like, that was a game handed to you on a silver platter, and you need to take those games to win and, like, to win the series. And um, they didn't. So now, I, I don't know. if I'm If I'm Memphis, like – I know that what I really liked about them in the uh, regular season is that they had that mentality where they would get punched in the mouth and keep fighting and it would make them come back stronger. So 
it's kind of like the Celtics. We need to see if they end up doing that. If they, they got embarrassed. Um, they need to come back and they need to show what they're made of and show why they're a two seed. Um, it is interesting that the two, two seeds right now are struggling. Uh, yeah. Like it is interesting how that works out, but yeah, I don't know. I'm scared for them too. I, I really, I, I'm a little nervous about them too. I, I don't know. Five is five is like a reasonable number to take or to say to push it to maybe even six. I don't know. Yeah. I just think if you have a game where Jaron Jackson plays like that and yeah. job plays like that, and then the Warriors lose one of their best players. Yeah. And Clay and Stephen well. Clay don't have, have particularly great games. Like if you can't win that game, I don't know how you're going to win any other type of game. So I don't know. I'm, I'm down on Memphis right now. Uh, we can move on though. What's your next. So um, kind of coincides with what we were just talking about. What happens to this? What do the Celtics do if they lose to the Bucks? Yeah, so we were talking about this a little bit. Uh, to me, if the Celts lose this series, I think we just, you know, take it in stride and run it back because yeah. uh, it, it is going to suck if we lose this series, let's be honest. With no Middleton, uh, the Celts should win this series. But if they come out tonight, they play bad, say they lose this game, game two, we're, we're probably going to lose a series. Um or even if they win this game, they could still lose a series. But I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make any trades if I'm the Celtics. What are we going to trade for? I don't want to – I know Jalen's not playing well. I don't want to trade him because uh, I don't know who we get. And I love this roster. I think this roster is enough to win, uh, especially with how the other teams are right now in the league. Uh, but, yeah, what do you think we should do? You know, I um, I I don't know. I'm not – I okay. <laughs> I guess I obviously I'd be upset if they lose, but um, I'm really happy with the work that they did. And to be honest, like they're overachieving right now, comparative to what we thought coming into the season. Um, so I, I wouldn't be upset like too butthurt if they lost. I mean, they overachieved for what they were. Like I think um, I think we have a cup a little bit too many role players. I wouldn't want to trade any big players, but I'm thinking maybe a package centered around like Neesmith, uh maybe Tice. I like Tice a lot, but maybe, maybe um, somewhere where we use a couple of role players that have not touched the floor really, or that we're like, have attempted to develop that haven't really panned out and, or maybe some of the younger players and trade them to get a more established three and D guy or someone um, that can handle uh, the times that the Celtics become uh, like stagnant on offense, because that's a big, that's our, probably one of our bigger issues. And um I don't want someone who is going to come in and shoot threes, but then be a liability on defense because I still want our like defense to be our identity. So that's why I'm saying a three and D guy would be perfect. And ideally one with some ball handling, because that's kind of our biggest issues. Like you saw them clamp, they're going to do it tonight too. They're clamping down on the ball handlers, making it real difficult to get across court. And who's our best ball handler. It's not, it's probably Marcus smart because yeah, dribbles off his feet. Uh, Brown dribbles off his feet. Pritchard dribbles off his feet. Neesmith can't catch the ball. Like, no one's a really great dribbler on the team. We need someone who's a good, uh, an elite ball handler, a good three guy and a good D guy. And then another one would probably be like a good, a better backup, uh, like an upgrade over the Daniel Tice position. I love him so much. And yeah. ideally we can keep him as like a, you know, just like a locker room guy or like a third, like just a veteran guy, you know, um, kind of like how we had Juan show Hernan Gomez where he kind of rarely played. Um, but I, I, we do, I think we do, we just need someone to come in for Robert Williams. That's not Tice because Tice plays well, but I would just like one that maybe has a little bit of a more of an 
offense like another a better upgrade at like the offense yeah like i agree player. i think i think the guys i don't want to trade are smart jalen no. tatum and robert williams i don't want to trade any and of grant. those i don't want to trade four guys Williams. see grant yeah grant's playing really well but if you can if you can package like grant and pritchard for an upgrade like you were just talking about, but I would who, be opposed to that. But can you throw it? Do you, I know that's putting you on the spot, but do you have an idea, like a name uh, in your head? Because I, I honestly really value Grant Williams, especially because he seems to be like he could be a KD stopper. And yeah. he, if you watch him guarding Giannis, he he makes it difficult. He's the only one that really, I mean, not the only one, but he he takes effort or pride in making it difficult for Giannis to touch the ball. He was he like he does make some bonehead plays, but he's also a I, he, he's a University of Tennessee alum, and like we happen to hear about him a lot at school, and we hear about how smart he is, and maybe I'm biased towards that, but I know that in the locker room, he's a great locker room guy and a really really smart guy. Um, I just think that he's should be maybe overvalued on the Celtics. He's one of those guys that fits in the Celtics really well. So he's a little overvalued, but I, I think we should overvalue him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he is, you know, he, he's a great three and D wing. He's really good. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you want in the NBA. But if you want to get a ball handler, I think, I mean, he, he's a guy that has a decent amount of value right now. Yeah. I don't know who it would be, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. Uh, I just don't want to trade any of those four key guys that I mentioned. I think yeah. it, it might be tough to hang on to Al Horford uh, as much as I love him. Uh, I kind of hope I, he retires. I, I, I want – the thing is I want a center like Al, like someone – a real center because we've had years on the Celts where we've had 6'8", 6'10", guys playing center. Yes. I like having that, that seven-footer in the middle. Uh, so – if you have to make a trade for you know a real center, I would not be opposed to that at all. Like but um, Brandon Bass years, yeah, I, I didn't love those those Bass years, and and even recently when Tice was starting at center, I think uh, didn't we have like David stuff Lee like that too or something like that? Who yeah, that? we had we had some short weird guys, just not good players. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Greg but, uh, Steamsma, remember Steamsma? I don't remember Steamsma. I do remember <laughs> Kelly Olynyk though. That he was guy's seven a foot. Celtics legend. He was seven foot, though. He's not a small <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, that leads into my next question, which was, can Giannis lead the Bucks past the Celtics without Middleton? And I just think we need to start talking about Giannis in a little bit of a different discussion oh, yeah. because he's, he's he is man. so good now that it's like we need to stop talking about him in, in today's game and start talking all-time stuff because, oh, yeah. it, I mean, if he beats us, like – Handedly, handedly say in in six games yeah uh in like doesn't even break a sweat like mm. and then goes on to to beat the heat and get to the finals win or lose like he's becoming someone who you could talk about as a top 10 player of all time when he retires it's like he's, oh he's that yeah. good to me what do you think about that you know i oh i completely agree i think maybe even one of the best of all time depending on how his title like like think about it we don't even know he hasn't peaked yet um yeah he's still getting better he's just crazy he's got like imagine like there's areas of his game that he can still improve like imagine a Giannis with like elite ball handling or like a Giannis that be, is becomes an elite shooter like that's something that's not out of the wheelhouse now because he's shown an ability to constantly improve like think about who he was when he came into the league I went my dad uh, my dad used to take me to the Celtics games but we'd go to the the like the cheaper games because i was like a little kid and it like i didn't know the fucking difference so we yeah. would go to like i saw a lot of early warriors games where it would be like monte ellis was manning the point and stuff like that or like chris paul's uh 
Chris Paul's like um, Hornets teams. And I also saw a baby Giannis um, and he looked like Bambi on the floor floor. And I like distinctly remember watching them play a, like a horrible Bucks teams with like Airson Ilyasova and all them yeah. on it and Greg or Brandon Jennings and all them. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> yeah, Giannis was on the floor and he was Bambi and he did not touch the floor. And he was when he went on, I was like, this guy's horrible. <laughs> and think about what he's what he is now so can he, there's no there's nothing that's out of his wheelhouse like he's an mvp he's he's a he won a ring like nothing is nothing yeah. acceptable now like he's, i think it's it's crazy that we went from a couple years ago when the raptors knocked him out and they built the wall and all that yeah and people said Giannis won't be able to win like he can't shoot he can't this he can't that and i was one of those people and now you see he can't shoot now he can pass now he's a like a completely different player and if he wins this series without his second best player, like he's just by far the best player in the league at this point. I, he's just distancing himself from everyone as time goes on. So I don't know. He's, he's so scary and I hate that we have to play him. It sucks. I know. And he impacts the defense. Like this doesn't really get talked yeah. about, but like he impacts the defense so much. Cause like you're going from, okay, as a perimeter player going from like Drew holiday, who's completely up in your grill. And then you get switched onto Giannis. Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that I would shit myself. Are you kidding me right now? That, like, he he has such an impact on the defensive end as well. He's the best two-way player we have, in my opinion, and that's what I ha- that's what I, that's what I value most, and that makes him the best player. And I don't think top 10 is the, like, ceiling. If anything, that could be a floor for him. He's that good. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, defensively also, not even on-ball stuff, but if you're driving to the rim, Giannis could be, like, yeah, he could be touching he could, his finger could be touching the tip of the three of like the three point corner and at the rim, yeah. like at the same it, time. Yeah, like he takes one step and he's on the so other long. side of the court. So it's, it's like impossible to score when he's on the court. It, it just looks so fucking difficult. Yeah, no. <laughs> so. it, yeah, it's it's just he, a pain. I could hot take right now. I think oh Giannis will finish his career as a top three player of all time. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that's possible. Um, do you think he's going to be a buck? And I could see him being a buck the whole time. Too. I think he'll be a buck the whole time, which yeah. I love. I, that's why I love Giannis. He, I just, he's my, one of my favorite players right now. The NBA is such a great, just in, it's just so awesome. There's so many great players. Like we're so lucky yeah. to be witnessing this. Um, yeah. Who's next? Was it me or you? Yeah, it's you. Okay, wait, real quick. Look up a picture of Greg Steamsma real quick. Just draw him right here. <laughs> Greg Steamsma. Just look him up. Um, while I do that, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be who's your favorite team to win uh the finals? Uh yeah, I remember this Greg Steamsma guy. Uh big fan. <laughs> no, I do remember him. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, okay. Who's your favorite to win? <sighs> uh Suns, I think. I think the Suns, Suns? is who I feel. Well, I don't know. Uh, it depends on if, uh, Middleton comes back because I just, I don't really, after, um, after last or last couple of the last game against the bucks that the Celtics had, I just think that, um, you really can't have a game like that in the finals. And, um, yeah, they just, it, that scared me a little bit. I don't think the Celtics are quite there yet. Um, yeah. I think like they look scared and. Like you don't think Chris Paul and Devin Booker, um, who that, that's my that's who I think is going to be coming out of the West, um, or actually no, they could the Warriors could come out too. Either way, those yeah, teams. That's what I was going to say. Those teams are uh, genius teams. Both of those teams are super smart teams. They, they they saw the Celtics look scared like that, and that's the chink in the armor that 
like we did not need to be showing and now they're going for it. So, uh, like, I don't know the bucks, um, right now this is kind of perfect because like this series, they can do whatever they want. Cause they're not really expected to do anything since Middleton is injured. So there's, they got nothing to lose. If they win this, they're going to go to a Miami heat team, which they match up pretty nicely against. And they'll hopefully they'll get Middleton back. And if Middleton's looking yeah. good, um, I don't see, I don't see, I don't know. I'm really torn. This is going to be some of the best finals in years. Who's your I favorite? think right now I can't say the Bucks are the title favorite because Middleton's out, but if they get past the Celtics and then Middleton comes back fully healthy, I would take the Bucks, but I can't say that right now. Yeah. So because of that, I'm taking the Warriors and we can, okay. uh, we can debate Warriors or Suns, um, but I have to go Warriors because honestly, because they, they have so many guys now with pool playing like this. Yeah. I, I think pool just gives them such an extra element that the Suns don't really have. And I think Steph is better than Chris Paul. I think, I mean, Booker's better than, you know, the second best player on the Warriors. But I, I just think the Warriors, with the way they're playing and how explosive they are on offense, it's like that I, I can't see the Suns. I could see the Suns beating them, but I would pick the Warriors definitely as my favorite right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, the Warriors are looking really good. Uh, like you said, Poole's kind of keeping up for Clay, so yeah, um, that's kind of the the problem that they have because it's like it's Booker, it's Aiton if he can get going, but then after Paul Booker and Aiton, uh, oh, and then they got Mikhail Bridges though, and. I don't know. They match up nicely. I just think it's going to be a. It, I don't. I. It's really hard to pick. I think that game, that series goes to seven. Like, um, I agree. And I think it's close. It's a close. Like, I think every game. I'll definitely be pe- betting. Um, like not the spread. I'm just going to be taking lines because I don't know what the like. I don't know what that's going to be. It's going to be I close think, games. I think. Um, in that series, what would be the biggest key matchup would actually be Draymond and Aiton, because yeah. I think if if Aiton. When Aiton goes off, when he scores a lot of points, the Suns are almost unbeatable because yeah, obviously you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker that are always going to be and efficient Bridges. and score and Bridges and, and Cam Johnson and just a oh, I complete love Cam team. Johnson. He's so but like, good. But if Draymond, I think what would happen is Draymond would kind of neutralize DeAndre Aiton a little bit. And I think that's what would give the Warriors the edge. This is a big matchup for Aiton. Um, he's playing in a contract year. If he wants to get that max, uh, this is this could be huge. This could be something that, um, you know, if he goes to the finals twice, you know, and maybe even yeah. wins one, like that's huge for his career. Um, that could be a big turning point. Uh, he could be a top tier NBA player, uh, depending on his performance in the series. If he's out over, because Draymond's one of the best defenders uh, that's left in the playoffs, and arguably one of the best defenders in the league during like the season and. Um. Yeah. No. If 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 Aiton's able to fix that problem and like get out of that, that's he's showing that he's a top tier NBA player, which is yeah. really special. So I also think the clock's ticking a little bit for Chris Paul. Uh, he's say. gonna he's gonna want this bad, but I still just think the Warriors are better right now. Uh, yeah. especially if I mean, just imagine if Clay gets going, they're gonna be unstoppable. So. I don't yeah. know that series. That'll be probably one of the best series we've had in the last couple of years. Uh, when that inevitably ends up happening. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, like I was saying, we're just we're very blessed right now by the NBA gods for uh, giving us such beautiful series. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. I just can't wait. Um, 
that was a great discussion, Jordan. I love talking. Yeah, that was um, good stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, we're going to have um, Fyag and Butsy coming on next, so uh, we'll be right back. All righty, and we're back with Butsy and JD, and we're going to be doing some uh, betting for the this Wednesday card. Uh, Butsy, you first. What do you think? Well, uh, first off, thanks for having me back, guys. Um, really excited to be here as always. Um, my two plays for – actually, I have three plays for tomorrow. Um, the first one is Suns minus six. Um, I, I really don't understand why the line is still six. It didn't even move a point. Um, the, you know, the, I, there was a, it was a really sweaty cover last night for that six, uh, but they were up 16 with like, you know, fucking four minutes left and they just collapsed at the end, you know, as they do, they get lazy and it's, um, hardest thing to do in basketball is close out uh, a game with a lead. Um, my third pick of the day is, uh, you're going to have to get this one live or if you can find it on your books, it is Real Madrid double chance, um, against Manchester city. So same game. Um, so what double chance means is either like a draw or if they win within the 90 minutes, um, you win, you win the bet. Um, and they're really, they're plus, uh, they're plus 230 um, money line right now. And I don't really know if they'll win, but I definitely know that they're not going to lose. They're at home. Uh, the place can be packed. The burnabout gets crazy loud uh, when it's at full capacity, which it will be for tomorrow. It's a Champions League semifinal. It's the championship of Europe. Um, there's no reason that Real Madrid won't go crazy for this game. Um, I think that they can get the uh, draw. Um, definitely not a loss. It's either going to be a win or draw for Real Madrid. Yeah, for those of you who don't know soccer, and I don't either, uh, they draw a lot, a lot more <laughs> than maybe you think. So that's uh, that's definitely um, a good bet. Not yeah. something you should be scared of. Uh, <clears throat> my pick, uh, people might be a little scared to take this, but I'm going Warriors minus two again. Uh, I think – Memphis just came off a game, like I said earlier to Max, where they were basically handed everything. Uh, they had their their two studs go off. Draymond got kicked out, and they still lost the game. So I think the Warriors are going to dispatch of Memphis uh, in five, maybe maybe even four. So I'm going Warriors minus two. Uh, it's uh, the public's completely split, so don't don't you know put any thought into what the public's doing. Uh, I just think. Memphis is overmatched in this series. I like Warriors minus two. That's a good pick. Um, my pick is I'm going to take the heat at an adjusted spread of five and a half. Um, and then I'm going to take the parlay that with the under. Uh, the public is all over the over. So I kind of like to bet anti-public as the great John Yastrzemski says. And um, yeah, I just like I, I like the heat. I think the Phillies having a tough time scoring. Um so I just like them. I like Miami's defense and I like them to keep it under. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of Jimmy. I'm hoping for a lot of Jimmy Butler bricks and a lot of fundamental defense. Uh, just a nice fundamental slow game. And um, oh, that's how they play. That's how they yeah. play. So I, I like that. Um, do you do we have a little bit of like a family play that we all want to parlay yeah. together? Are we let's say I'm thinking maybe the heat at the regular seven and a half number. Um, a parlayed with what what do you guys want to add on to that i like i my best bet i would say is the over uh over three in the real madrid um so, flipping man city game and that's over. also just disclaimer i know if you don't bet soccer that bet is only for the 90 minutes it's not for any added time um extra time after that mm. so just for the 90 minutes over three you have the cushion if they get to three you get the push um but yeah that's my that's my best bet so over three real madrid. all right and then 
Yeah. And then mine is uh Warriors minus two. If we hit another reverse parlay, I don't know what to tell these people. I mean, they should just fade us and get start rich, betting dude. reverse parlay. Yeah, literally start just start betting, betting reverse our reverse parlays. Either way, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you have to listen because yeah. either our actual parlay is going to hit or the reverse parlay is going to exactly. hit. You have to just, you have to just stay tuned to find out. You got to know say, when, um, when to fade or when to tail. So yeah, exactly. I would say bet them both. And if they don't hit, God, hit them. <laughs> all right. I, I, have a, hold on, I have a lean for tomorrow. I have one final lean for tomorrow. Uh, MLB do it. Mets minus. 120 that's my lean um don't love it you're giving up a little bit of juice um however uh mcgill is 4-0 with a 193 era he's pitching phenomenally um i like the mets tomorrow at 110 playing the braves so get that bet in early um do you th- is there a prop on there for some a mets player to be hit by a pitch because they've been hit more than any other jesus christ MLB. they have they start one season hot and everyone's coming for their fucking heads it's unbelievable well, well they got a bunch of guys that get hit starling Marte gets hit constantly like they got a bunch they're, they, uh john boy media called it he called it on uh, one of his podcasts that um the mets were going to be the most hit team yep so if you can find way to ways to sprinkle that into your parlay, uh, I don't know what FanDuel has for that. I mean, let's take a look at here. Yeah, I mean, gonna, uh, I, you know, we're in New Hampshire, so we're DK Sportsbook family. I'm in, I'm in Tennessee, so I'm on Steak <laughs> Casino, which is just not. <laughs> well, that, you know, what Drake it, uses nothing to do with when Tennessee. You're, when you're at school, it's I bet and uh, bet fast action. But yeah. when you're at home, it's um, when we're home, it'll be. Um, It'll be uh, DK Sportsbook. Uh, just unrelated. Uh, we don't place any bets on those books. We just look at the lines. Facts. Facts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Facts. Absolutely. Never we don't even, like we aren't even able to. Only legal betting. Only yeah. legal, <laughs> legal, only legal betting. betting. DK never, Sportsbook. Yeah. DK Sportsbook. No, no illegal betting. You are, never. That's illegal. Never do that. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's a good way to wrap this up. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will be coming up uh, in a little bit. It's about to be tip off for the Celtics game. We're going to be coming on to have our reactions to that. So hopefully they're positive. We will see you all in a little bit. Stay Go tuned. Celts. Go Celtics. Go Seas. Yeah. Go Seas. Oh my God. We are back boys. How do you feel? Holy fuck. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel so happy. I oh feel my just, God. I, I'm over the moon. Pure, uh, pure that, bliss. Pure bliss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just oh. ecstasy. Ecstasy. Uh, Jalen Brown's first half just Podcast it really listener. made me it, it made me just so hopeful and so happy as a Celtics <laughs> fan to Dude, see him play that well. We tore him apart in our group chat today and we were like, should we trade Jalen? Should we trade for like a no, piece? No, no. Like, hold like, on, hold we, on. What are you doing? Hold on, hold on. Not we. Okay, Jordan <laughs> Dyer, Connor, Butsy, Butsy, JD, and I were all for Jalen Brown staying. It was one person, individual, Feig, who was against uh, Jalen. He wanted Jalen gone. That was the only one. Well, I said, I said, if Jalen doesn't have a good playoffs, like if he doesn't have like a standout game in the playoffs, I said this to Jordan in the beginning uh of the series i think i said i think Jalen can have like a signature series here yeah and you know really pick us up and put us above the box and he just had a signature game um which was amazing to see but my argument was if Jalen doesn't have a good playoffs and doesn't do anything for us and we lose the bucks say in five or four or whatever if we lost today um or tonight rather then i would say you know possibly shop him um, but now that he did this, I think that, I think that just makes me want him more. And I think that he can do that on a nightly basis. Yeah. And then see, okay. And then Jordan and I were saying that no matter what, uh, after this, we still would at least want another year with him before we would start to think about, uh, getting rid of him. But yeah, that was the argument. We weren't all, yeah. we're, we're a group divided here at the love cast. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we got to talk about uh, the first half Jalen had. He shot nine for 10. Oh, yeah. With 25 points. And the buckets he was getting, he was he just looked impossible to guard. Oh, yeah. Uh, my dad emailed the podcast he did. Uh, talking a little bit about Jalen and how he needed to step up. He said sometimes he looks like prime MJ. Other times he looks like Bambi trying to, you know, get his feet <laughs> underneath him. It's tonight true. was an MJ night. So true. Tonight was, tonight was absolutely an MJ night, uh, especially in the first half. He was just unguardable. But he has this snatchback move that, like, uh, he takes one step and snatches back between his legs and gets so much space. It's so dirty. I've always wanted to be able to fucking do that move, bro. That move is so dirty. And he, he does it, it better than anyone. Yeah, I think he anyone. does it better than anyone. He's he did it multiple times tonight. He got he got Grace Allen one time, put him on his butt, bitch. hit the mid-range jumper. Over Giannis. Uh he was hitting turnarounds. Yeah, he, he had the other one over Giannis. Uh it was just so good to see as a Celtics fan. That gives you hope that going forward, uh, we can actually compete with this Bucks team. So so unlike game one, where it just felt like we were hopeless and had no chance. Um I just want to announce something. Uh, we have our first podcast beef here at the Lubcast. Uh, so ring the bell, ring the alarms. First podcast beef. We officially are beefing with Grayson Allen. Um, fuck Grayson Allen. Uh, we're going to get that put on a shirt probably. Dude, I'm a UNC fan. It's Ben fuck Grayson Allen. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like it's, well, it's, it's Ben fuck Grayson Allen. Yeah, well, it is now officially. We're <laughs> announcing it <laughs> right now. We we're announcing podcast it beef right with now. Grayson Allen. Um, the guy's a dirty player. Um, he's not that good. He's okay. And uh, he has a really just <laughs> annoying face. And he just he gets mad and he can't take his emotions off of it. And it just is he was getting into it with Pritchard, who like is I don't want to say like harmless, but like that guy is very you can tell he's not like an asshole on the court. You can watch some people play and you're like that like Pat Bev's annoying. Peyton Pritchard's annoying, but he doesn't do any of that extra stuff. He's very just quiet. So I was that was a little ridiculous that I got mad. Even Stan Van Gundy was on our side saying that that was a little bit of a ridiculous reaction to um a, like a, a a foul. But what would you like to say to that? I was gonna say a major part of this game I thought was the officiating. Oh yeah, they had forty two total fouls called that game. That's a lot of fouls, and it was so many. Like I mean, you watch. Uh, like our guys bring the ball up, whether it's Tatum, uh, Derek White, who should I mean, we can get into him in a minute, but um, whether it's Tatum, Brown, Derek White, Smart, whoever, they're fucking reaching on every single play. They're reaching, 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 and I and I think it's, I am shocked that they haven't called more of those, and I'm shocked that uh, the refs continue to let Giannis just run people over with no repercussions. Um, I think that that's absurd. I think it's just ridiculous that uh, they haven't been on that. But officiating these games is is insanely difficult, uh, Jordan, we got. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Giannis tonight even got away with a couple charge calls that e- yeah, if he was, easily if too. He was any other player, those are charges. Uh, but I love that the Celtics are standing in there and taking them. Yeah. So that's great to see. But to me, one of the – most you know hopeful things to see for the Celtics is that Giannis again he shot 10 for 27 after going nine for 25 the game before uh and something I said last podcast was I don't know if Giannis is going to shoot that bad again because he he shoots an unbelievable percentage usually so seeing him again have a tough night shooting I think that proved we can actually 
we can bother him a little bit at least. And I know he's going to have stretches where he takes over. Uh, uh, but I think seeing that game one, his shooting percentage wasn't just a fluke. I think that's super, super telling for how well the Celtics play defense. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up uh, Bobby Portis's box score right now. Oh, Jesus. Because we have to talk about him. I, I've mentioned it back in the like before. He always kills us. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to. Find he, he's it. just he's just a very efficient player. And one more thing about was, Giannis yeah. before we before we get off Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Let um, me find the thing. If he can take over, and the lead doesn't really get that never got below ten, like I mean, I, I just think that attests to how our offense played tonight. Um, I think we all knew that the Celtics were not going to have another performance like we did on Game One. Um, but I mean, we only scored a like you know 109, which you know the for how well we shot, it seemed doesn't seem like a lot. Um, you know, Celts were, they were, um, what did they shoot? They shot 47.5% from the field, 46.5% from three and 86% from the line. We only scored 109. Like, it's kind of interesting that it's, you know, it's going to be a low scoring grinder series. Um, and you know, it's a make or miss league. And I think that, you know, proved it tonight. We just got to shoot better than them for the rest of the series. It's like kind of simple. You know what? I take it back about Bobby Porras. He always kills us. I mean, I think it's just because he hits shots at a good time, but um, I'm looking at the stats right now, and the Celtics' defense was awesome tonight. Listen to yeah, what it was they held the starting five of the Bucks to. Ready? Uh, Giannis, minus 11. Brooke Lopez, minus 18. Bobby Portis, minus 14. Drew Holiday, minus 16. Wesley Matthews, minus 24. In fact, none of no one on the team had a plus a, had a positive plus minus. Thonis had negative two. Nawara, minus two. Everyone, um, Pat Connaughton had a minus 14. Not one player on the team had a plus uh rating on the floor like they that that was due to the celtics defense and just hustle and heart that they displayed tonight i'm so proud of their performance that was it was it was domination start to finish i think um i only think the only time i ever clenched my sphincter was when it got to like 13 and besides that i was never like oh shit like oh shit like oh shit i never had that moment <laughs> yeah um i will say this so porta shot five for seven tonight with 13 points which is it's what he does like it's so annoying kg that he just gets his matchups and he scores every time he like he doesn't miss shots yeah uh and we'll talk about another guy on the celtics who doesn't miss shots later i'll let max uh talk about him a little bit but uh what i wanted to point out (laughs) what i wanted to point out was um marcus smart didn't play tonight marcus smart the, the defensive player of the year our playmaker our heart and soul didn't play tonight and his replacement Derek white sucked couldn't hit a shot Turns no. ball over. Okay, sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Okay, he sucked at shooting and turning the ball over, but he had a bunch of hockey-style passes, and he had defensive intensity. And I – dude, who told you that he was going to shoot? Like, look at his stats when he's on San Antonio. Like, um, I agree that he's underperforming for what we gave up for him with that first-round pick and all that. But, like, it's not – I his shooting is dog shit. I'll give you that. And – he turned it over a good amount today. I'm not saying he had a great game, but I'm not saying it's, it's as bad as you would think. He, Max, he was Max, important he on the defensive and the Max, offensive end Max, and his for, NHL passes. All for six, four boards, five assists, and 20. Not going to show up on the with, stat seat with stat two seat. turnovers and five fouls. It's the it's the it's like the, it's like the NHL assist. One steal. No, oh listen, God. It, listen. Okay, my he's point not a liability on point, defense. No, my point is we won tonight by 23 points, and Derek White was our starting point guard and had no points. He had no points. If that if that was Marcus Smart tonight, we might have won by thirty. That's my That's only fair. point. I think I think Marcus 
is a giant upgrade over Derek White. And I'm I'm sad Derek White can't hit a shot because I liked him during the regular season. But uh, when we get Marcus back, I hope he's fully healthy. And I hope we can just keep playing this way and just integrate Marcus right in. Just got to keep rolling. We just got to yeah. keep rolling. Um, yeah, I think Derek White had a like less role than he played tonight. I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. You're right. I, uh, if he was at, if he played at a lesser role, I would, I would like him better because they can't rely on him to shoot. You just can't obviously maybe this off season, he'll get some work in or something and fix that. But I highly doubt it. Um, one thing I am scared of is the Celtics lack of points in the paint. Um, Gian- I mean, they have uh, the Bucks are big. They have Portis, um, they have Giannis, they have Thonis who barely plays, Lope, but he is Lopez, size. and they got Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, they have a they have a really good amount of size, um, and that's like the the Celtics have some size as well, but um, they have more. I would say they're more on the finesse side than they would be on like the strength side. Um, so I I just I'm I'm seeing that uh, we're having a tough time scoring points in the paint, and I was just wondering how do you guys think that we can like what is something we could try and like implement that would uh, get that, get us going in that area? Because it seems like we're not getting it and we're not going to shoot like this for the rest of the series. And we need to find a secondary option on scoring. I'm not really worried about the points in the paint, to be honest, because that's just the bucks. Like as we've watched their game plan looks to be fucking fully collapsed on the paint, whenever someone gets close. Yeah. And it's really difficult for, the Celtics to score at the rim with that length that they have. I also think that if we continue to try and pound the paint and continue to try and force up layups that just get blocked or miss foul calls or whatever it is, I think it's only going to frustrate us more and cause us to take worse shots. Um, I think if we continue to space the floor, um, no, we're not going to shoot like this and neither are they. Um, I think, you know, the series is a lot. I think these two teams are a lot closer than the first two games have made it seem. Yeah. Um, but I just think that the Celtics need to continue to drive and kick because they collapsed and we had so many open threes all night. Bruce Andrew? Yeah, I think I think you're completely right. The the Bucks' strength is they want you to drive to the rim. They want you to go into Lopez and Giannis. Yeah. And Portis. What we need to do is we need Jalen and Tatum to get to those mid-range shots. Yeah. Because when they knock those down, it's that's that's what the layups would usually be are those points those mid-range uh shots that Jalen was hitting tonight uh and I know he's not gonna play like that every night but if he can have you know he had 30 tonight if he can have 24 a night and shoot 50 percent from the field and hit those mid-range shots um we can win close games you know we blew him out tonight because we shot the lights out and we're not going to do that every time but if we can shoot you know over 35 percent from three and then hit our mid-range shots like we were tonight. Um, yeah, we, we can win in close games. We can win by five to ten points, and I think that's what we need to do. We can't – I don't think forcing it into the paint is the answer because that's exactly what they want us to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Kevin Herter, imagine him instead of Derek White. Just think about that. Close your eyes. Think about it. <laughs> uh, I think, but, I, but then I think he turns into a liability in defense. But anyways, like what you were no, saying, Jordan, I, I think – you don't whoa, think Quarters going to be a liability on defense? No, no, no. He's a, he gives a good. I I think he's a good defensive player. Have you? Well, he's not he's, a point guard. That's a different position. No, they it? play. Yeah, Derek White's not a point guard. He's more of like a, a shooting guard. Yeah, I know, but he's not like that's not like his position. He's like a two three. I, I think he yeah. is a point guard. He's I think the Celtics. Lack, I don't think he's a one. Think he's the, like six. I think the Celtics. I think the Celtics lack a true one to be honest, and I think that's something that if we yeah. can go out and get like. The ball you know, I, I I always like, you know, we're watching Drew Holiday just fucking murder us. Oh, and it's yeah. like makes him so attractive to me. 
Um, but if we can even go out and get like, you know, somebody to back up smart and come in and control the game, like Peyton Pritchard can't control a fucking basketball game. Um, that yeah, would be amazing for us. Yeah. But also what's what you Marcus were saying Jordan, about. Uh, yeah, I agree. But I just think that, yeah, he can, but I feel like he sometimes gets too hot headed. I think, um, someone that can say a little more level headed would be, would be beneficial for us. But what you were saying, Jordan, about. You know, back to what we were saying about, you know, how they want us to attack the paint. And like you said about the mid-ranges, uh, like there's three levels of scoring uh, on the floor. There's like, you know, paint, mid-range, three-pointers. Um, and we need to be able to score at those at the mid-range and three-point level to be, to beat the Bucks. Like you're not going to be able to score in the paint even if you try, um, which is what we did game one, and it didn't fucking work. So I think that I think that Ime really sat, like, sat our team down and said, hey, like we need to get to our spots here, 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 here. These are the weaknesses. Um, these are the weaknesses that they have. These are the holes in their defense. Let's exploit them. Let's get to our spots in mid range. Jalen gets to your spot, um, and then Grant and fucking Al and Tatum and just pick them apart from three because they can't get hands up on us. Uh, yeah, let's talk Grant. Uh, so this you're, you're, so you're gonna hear this all at the same time, but um, Jordan and I right before we recorded this pod, uh, before the Celtics game, we were talking about we were having an argument about whether or not. Uh, Grant Williams is untouchable. So I just want to ask you, Jordan, is Grant Williams untouchable? Okay. What are your thoughts? Here's what I'll say. If Look, I don't know what Grant's value is on the market. He's yeah. an amazing 3 and D player. If you can trade Grant and some picks and someone else for an all-star level player, obviously you do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think we would be able to do that. So Wait, all-star like Bradley Beal? Because I'm not doing that. And if it's an all-star like... Like who? That's what I'm saying. So like that, that's where it gets a little <laughs> Bradley difficult. Bradley right? Beal. I, I don't mean, want him. Bradley, he doesn't. He doesn't fit. We wouldn't. We wouldn't target him anyway. Okay. What about Donovan Mitchell? No, I'm thinking a guy like Vucevic. Oh, why would we want him? He doesn't fit, dude. Because we need. He defense. does fit. He no, he does, does not. <laughs> he is a horrible defender. He's a liability. All right. Here. No. 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 We'll <laughs> we'll table that discussion. Let's yeah. talk Grant because because I love Grant. Yeah. Me too. Um. He's. Uh. He's new, like he's young, and he. This is all just great experience for him. Great observation, Max. He's young. <laughs> well, well, I just. Can't, <laughs> but like you, I feel like you forget that when he's on the court because he plays like an old NBA player. He's smart. Yeah, he's, he does. He plays like a veteran. He plays like he's been here for six or seven years. So can you imagine what he looks like at year six? I think I'm seeing like a Marcus Smart smart esque type of player that is just like I feel like Marcus always knows what's going on in the game, and he's always doing like three steps ahead, doing these like crazy little smart plays where he'll like. Uh, read what someone's going to pass and like throw it off their hip and then get the inbounds real quick, like stuff like that. That's what Grant's capable of. I'm so excited to see what he looks like. Um, I just really want to see what his ceiling is because I feel like he hasn't even begun to peak yet, which is crazy to think about. Like it, he's starting to hop up um, different tiers in the league. Now we can have an argument later on in the summer about how many tiers in the NBA there are, like how many tiers of players there are. Cause I think that's a fascinating debate, but um he, I, I don't know, whatever it is, he's better than the average NBA player. And he's, he's one of the top, I would say he's one of the top players in his position, in my opinion. What do you guys want to say? Uh, that is a flaming hot take and Jordan's eyes just <laughs> went wide open. Uh, Why? Why is that I a hot take? I was going to say, well, because he's just fucking I guess not, not in his position. He's not one of the he, best players in his position. That, that was well, no, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he works well in the Celtics system. Like yeah, yeah, he's fair. very like, you know, he really works well for what we need him to do. He does his job very well, and it helps our team out very much. Whether he could do that on another team, like, I don't fucking know. I He's really don't know. To, I, I don't really know, though, because, you know, I what think does he, he do makes... that's unique to Boston. 
he just fine. He, he plays. Yeah, he he just really fits in well with the team. He gels well. Like he always is in the right spot at the right time because of the chemistry that he has with these guys. Um, and the way Ime set up the offense and defense, he's allowed to be like a multi-tool on both sides of the ball. He was like this at Tennessee, though. He had this type of chemistry at That's Tennessee. That's in college. But but he's uh, he has a track record of bringing it team to team. I'm saying I think he could mesh well. I think he's a well-liked player around the league. He's ahead of he's um ahead of one of the players association things. He he's stated many times that he wants to be like president of the NBA players association. I know I know or association. And I know he has a lot of uh, work with that. Like I think this is a well-liked player in the league, and I think he could mesh well with any other team in the league i i think i obviously got a little excited about how good he can be he's not like one of the best players at his position because he plays small forward and shooting guard and there's definitely at least 10 players better than him at even probably 15 players i know that i got a little excited but i'm saying like he's a really solid the player, best player and, in his position no he was not the. i never said that i said one of he's the, the best. best small forward in the league he's not um but i i got a little excited but he he's really really good and i think that he could mesh at any team and i think that he's going to be an asset for every i use an asset now but i think he i agree i agree he could mesh with any team because yeah. any team wants look he shot six for nine from three tonight yeah, with 21 close. points he doesn't miss open shots at this point i hope this is <laughs> this is like i hope this is like a real thing and it's he's not yeah. just having a hot streak like if he actually shoots this well then yeah he's a problem in the league he could fit on any championship roster um yeah i i'm so happy he's playing this well and his defense especially the only thing amazing. yeah it's 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 ridiculous but my only thing about him fitting in with other teams is like would his role be the same uh, I think the role that he has now is only like specific to, you know, championship kind of contending playoff contending teams. Um, well, he's he peaking play. on the Orlando magic or not. Well, even they're better, but like on the wizards, like no one's playing their best basketball on the wizards. Like that's, that's, well, like redundant, I know, I but it's just like, I just think that, you know, I think that when like you're on a team like Boston, that's really contending for a title. Um, I think that he really can just not be a superstar. And also, but like, just do his job insanely well um, and benefit us not only on the stat sheet, but just by being a fucking pest and being an annoyance to everybody on the court uh, that he defends. And I don't know if that role, I don't think his role would translate directly uh, to other teams as it does on the Celtics right now. I think it would be a little different, but I still like think he would be able to make an impact, make a big impact on other teams. Yeah, I mean, I I disagree. I think that he has a non-specific role, and I think that's what makes him so good. Is he's in he gets called in to be like a mechanic. He just kind of fixes and meshes his game to what is really needed. Like he could, I feel like he could do more. I mean, he's limited offensively in terms of like um, his uh, creation of his own shot, like off cap, the dribble. Cap, bro, he fucking had some like runners the in the dribble. lane tonight. He had he had a fucking like a Tatum step through two guys. Right hand finish in the lane, and I was like, "What the fuck was still, that?" Like, me and my dad stiff. looked at each other. We were lost. It's it was a stiff. stiff. But it, but I'm not. I'm I not think saying he made one shot that wasn't a three. Yeah, like he's not like Mister. He's not like Tatum creating off the dribble and then like laying it down the lane. He's he's still. But he can. But he can still. He can still penetrate and kick to to other guys, for sure. Yeah, I think. Yes. Well, he, all right. So I get, yeah, he's a very good player. That's, I think that's all that needs to be said about that. He's a multi-tool. He can do a lot of things on the floor. He's like a Swiss army knife. It's yeah, it's, it's awesome. All Not right. Um, MVP yes. candidate. He might be, uh, I think he's a one for one LeBron trade, honestly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. One for one, one for one. 
Maybe throwing a pick on the LA's Um, end. one thing, final thing I want to I want to talk about here real quick is the uh, Jalen Brown hamstring situation. He's okay. Um, I, I think that after the second quarter, um, like I think there were a few times where you know the even you know the announcers were like Jalen Brown's grabbing at that right hamstring. And later on in the game, it was really evident that he didn't have that quick step or that explosiveness that he had in the first yeah. half. Um, so I think that's a concern going forward for the Seas. He also hurt his wrist too, which he was. I'm not really worried about his wrist. I'm more worried about his hamstring. Well, his I'm fucking his fucking shot was looking a little flat after that, and he didn't hit anything. So I would be a little worried about the wrist too. But he can't move. I mean, if he yeah, if no, he, he can't, he can't move, right he can't. He, he's he hurts us. Yeah, he missed like five shots in a row kind of tough way to end the game i think confidence is a big part of his game so i don't like when he starts missing shots like that it gets a little nerve-wracking no it, it gets a little um it gets a little hairy for sure and yeah. uh you know we've talked about i talked about on the, on the pod before about the significance of luck and uh missing out on injuries in the playoffs yeah. and, and how important that is to a championship run uh um, oh. i think if the celtics need if the celtics need him to get by the bucks i don't know if they really need him to get by the heat we'll, we'll revisit that if the time comes um but they need him for the series and he needs to be healthy. Speaking of luck about injuries, uh, Robert Williams needs to learn how to land, uh, that he was on the ground way too much. He doesn't land he, right. He like lands. Yeah, no, he nope. lands like I, jaw. Yeah. He just, he's a free, that's what happens with freak athletes. They, um, really don't have great control in the air. They can just get up in the air. My dad made yeah. a good comment tonight. He was like, uh, every time Rob will jumps, it looks like he's going to get hurt. Or yep. he's he's afraid he's gonna get hurt every time he jumps up in the he air. He landed on the floor. The every single time he jumped in the air, he landed on the floor. I felt like yeah, really he good. just he he was hitting the ground a lot, and a guy his size and his weight hitting the ground a lot, uh, it and definitely takes a toll on your body. Yeah, yeah. So so um, um, let's uh, let's wrap it on this. So Jordan House played. Oh, it was a good pee. Um, <laughs> thank you. As we go back to Milwaukee, all we need is one game. Whether it's the next game or the game after that, we need to steal one. Uh, and then get it back to Boston, and then we'll be all right. So, yeah, feeling hopeful as Celts fans need uh need JB to keep stepping up like that, like we told him to. All right, yep. um, I love it. Uh, good win, boys. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping, real quick. Um, we have a Gmail account. Um, it's lubcast at gmail.com, capital L, capital C. It's going to be in the description. Uh, email us if you for any comments or discussions or questions you questions, may have. Questions, yeah. Um, we also have a TikTok that is uh, lowercase lub underscore uh, lowercase cast lub underscore cast all lowercase, and then we have an Instagram account which is lub dot cast, and that is also all underscore. So follow those accounts um, if you will or don't. That's fine too. Um, Wait, Max, I want to I want to say I want to say one more thing. Yep. Uh, we got a big announcement coming for yes. the love cast. Within yes, the next, stay uh, tuned. Within, just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. Within the next two weeks, we have a massive announcement coming. There's big yeah. stuff coming. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see what it is. Um, yeah, we just want to say again from the bottom of our hearts that we thank you all so much for listening. Um, we love you all, and uh, yeah, give us a listen or don't. That's fine too. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Goodbye. All right. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Um, sorry about that uh, little betting mishap. I gave you a pick that's happening tonight, which is Tuesday. Uh, and I need, need to give you a pick for Wednesday. So my new pick is uh, James Harden under 23 and a half points. I, we talked about him earlier in the podcast. He's, he's not playing great right now. I don't think he's going to get to 24. Um, so yeah, James Harden under 23 and a half. That's uh, that's part of the parlay now.